0: Welcome back to Presidents in Politics. I am one of your hosts, Professor Kayla McGee. Join my fellow co-host, uh, former Congressman Ross, and we're talking about Andrew Johnson. Probably the most maligned president mm. that, uh,
1: that we've had. I mean, say what you want about present-day presidents, <laughs> but if you look back at Andrew Johnson, this was an amazing situation where you, you, you have him even become vice president, Yes, let alone become anybody. I mean, here's a guy whose father died— Comes he from was, nothing. Comes from absolutely nothing. Self-educated. Um, really no no great skills, but other than as an orator. He, yeah. He he, he uh, had his wife teach him to, to, to read and write. In his write. 20s,
0: more than likely. Yes. And he was a tailor. Yeah. You know, he, he just loved to sew. That's what he yes. did. And like you said, his father died at the age of three— um, and we're not really entirely sure of, of the story. So that the prevailing story is that his father jumps into icy cold water to save someone's life. So his father's got this kind of hero you know, thing going on. But then he contracts some type of pneumonia. Something happens. And then he'll die when Andrew Johnson is, is three years old. Mm. He has a, another brother. Um, yeah. So now they're in, they're in rural North Carolina, um, just poor backwoods North Carolina. Mm. So his, his mother actually binds Johnson, Andrew, and his brother to be indentured servants. Yep. To work for a tailor's where they pick up the skill of learning how to sew and work with their hands. Johnson hates working for this man and actually flees, runs down to South Carolina. There's actually like a small bounty put on his head. I think it's like $10 to bring him back. Um, And Johnson, Andrew, and his brother will stay hidden in South Carolina until the guy that they were legally bound to retires. Andrew's around the age of 17. 17, yeah. Comes back and he picks up his his mom and his new stepdad and they move to Tennessee. And he's known as as a man of Tennessee. Yep. Uh, In fact, uh, I think
1: he was elected as an alderman there. Yes. In Greenville, Tennessee, and then later became mayor. And he'll never lose an
0: election, by the way until after yes until after but until from, after from his from his town alderman all the way up to president that whole first street yeah and he's a guy that really played the political
1: ladder very well yes. very again not well educated None. no formal education uh, becomes mayor Become. worse serves in the, the the legislature of the state of Tennessee and then gets elected to the House of Representatives mm-hmm. and then gets elected to the US Senate mm-hmm. uh, at a time when uh,
0: when when Lincoln was was president, mm. and this and the entire House, both both uh, the entire Congress, excuse me, both House and Senate, are kind of an uproar because you have this idea of of them attempting to check the power of Lincoln, because right. Lincoln is this this masterful mind. I mean, last week was so much fun; we could just do another yeah. several on Lincoln. But Lincoln was how can I say this, autocratic at times? Oh yeah, he suspended uh, habeas corpus. I mean, he <laughs> did he did things
1: that were today would just be you know. Unthought of.
0: Yes, he was autocratic at times. And so the legislative branch, reactionary to that, begins to check the power of the president. Correct. And then it kind of sets up a really, really hard Congress for Johnson to work with, uh, which is what the 39th Congress, I want to say something Could like have been, that. Yeah. Um, and then this is where, you, of course, you get the, the, the Tenure of Office Act of 1867, yeah. which will bite him and the rears will come to. Um, yeah. But a lot of these, which were really unconstitutional the legislative side, the legislative oh, yeah. side overreaches. But I think a lot of it was reactionary because of Lincoln.
1: Oh, I think you're right, and and it would, let, let's let's just go back to you know here's here he is a United States senator at the time of Tennessee yes. seceding from the Union at the time of the Civil War, and he is the only Southern U.S. senator who says. I'm not leaving. Mm -hmm. I will stay in D.C. as a senator from the state of Tennessee. I want to keep the union together. But it was also his belief that the the Constitution allowed for slavery. And he was also known to be a constitutionalist. I think Harry Truman said nobody knew the Constitution better than him, which really surprises me because there's nothing in the Constitution that
0: would either condone or otherwise support slavery. And he's completely untrained and doesn't learn how to read until he's in his 20s with no law experience. So. Exactly. Truman was uh, uh, yeah. overreaching on that one. I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. But so, but but he because of his his
1: uh, loyalty to the Union as a Southern Democrat, uh, Lincoln
0: makes him the territorial governor. Yes. Or the, the military governor. The military, military governor. governor, governor of which he 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 goes from zero military experience, like none, and I believe his rank is like brigadier general. Yeah. As as a military <laughs> It, you're talking about skipping some ranks. Yes. you go from zero military experience. Now you're a brigadier general and a military commander over the state of Tennessee. Yes.
1: So he resigns his Senate uh, seat, and it's interesting because in the in the in the uh, re-election of Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, you know, they choose a Democrat
0: mm-hmm.
1: because he's a war Democrat, mm-hmm. and therefore we want to broaden the ticket. Mm-hmm. We want to show that balancing the ticket. Yes. So he comes in and and and. Uh, of course, Lincoln overwhelmingly beats McClellan mm-hmm. uh, for for re-election, and then there's this suggestion that 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 Andrew Johnson was a drunk because when he was giving his <laughs> inaugural speech, in order to address a typhoid fever that he apparently had, he imbibed too much. Several whiskey. several
0: shots of whiskey before yes, going to Yes, and, and, and he
1: embarrassed himself and others, mm-hmm. slurring his words and mm-hmm. and. Uh, and therefore, he got the label of being a drunkard. So he didn't start out too well. And mm. then five weeks later, he becomes president of the yes. United States, which is just amazing. That I mean, I don't think he was ready for that role under any circumstance. No, absolutely not. I think that he enjoyed the political process. Mm. I think that it was the authority that he didn't want to have. But all of a sudden, he's thrust mm. with that authority. And he's dealing with a very Republican Congress. And they think at first that oh he's going to support what Lincoln had been doing and mm-hmm. and, and everything's going to be fine, uh, and he kind of does support what Lincoln you know he he wants to give reconciliation to the South, um, but then he starts his battles with the Republican Congress. Yes. And um, you know the, he he uh, he vetoes the what was it the Freedmen, Freedmen's Freedmen's mm-hmm. Borough. He, he, yes. He
0: vetoes the. Uh, Which uh, was to give every freed slave forty acres, a mule. Yeah. And seed basically. So it was in a way offering this idea of, of back pay, uh, of restitution. Yeah, reparations, essentially. Reparations. But it was, that would have been done correctly. At the right time for the right individuals of saying, "Okay, you've worked for for literally nothing. You are enslaved. Let's give you land. And that could be generational. And had that been done correctly at that time period, I think it would have addressed a lot of the issues we see today. Some of the more radical things. What is uh, San Francisco of some of the reparations that are being offered in San Francisco that are that are just very, 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 very far left. Um, But some of that is reactionary. To that, I mean, had had this been taken care of, nipped in the bud, and every slave that was free was given land and 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 livestock and seed to say, okay, we're gonna make things right. And now this is your generational land; you can pass down to the next generations. All of the issues we're dealing with today, I don't think would have been on the table. I, I agree, and 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 in his
1: leniency to the Southerners. Uh, I think he was he, and in fighting the, um, the 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 Congress, not only did he veto that, he vetoed the Civil Rights Act. Yes. He uh, he did not believe in suffrage for blacks, no. uh, which was really amazing. And in and, and in the, and, you know. Uh, they were they were had these black codes uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, and the Jim Crow laws yeah, basically the Yeah, is. and and there was one I, I think it was in Mississippi I think it was in several states as well where if if they didn't if if a, if a Negro did not have a job they were deemed to be a vagrant mm-hmm. and could be fined up to one hundred and fifty dollars that if they couldn't pay they could be imprisoned mm-hmm. until such time they worked off that debt which is essentially
0: legalizing slavery
1: exactly and, all that and, was. This, and 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 because of that allow because of his lack of cooperation. Operation, or at least consensus building with Congress, it delayed an effective reconstruction yes. and, and a transition to where we would have avoided probably a lot more. And in fact, if it wasn't for the Fourteenth Amendment, which he, uh, you know, objected yes, to, yes, he did.
0: Uh, we, we probably would have had an even worse situation. I, I believe that because of his. We I mean, use the term ignorance in the way that he yeah. handled this in the South. He then gave rise because of was you see two parties, like the KKK, which were terrorist organizations. Yes, which domestic were, terrorism. They were domestic terrorism, and still is is domestic terrorism. And these individuals were left over as as officers and soldiers from the Confederacy, and now they begin disguising themselves and carrying out guerrilla justice uh, upon these these freed slaves. And, and one of the reasons he started, uh, that he did not want black suffrage, um, there's only thirty million people in the country, and have four million freed slaves. So he was terrified of having these four million freed black individuals who are going to vote Republican. And, and he realizes from his his background as a Democratic candidate that because basically... was a Jacksonian Democrat. Yes. I mean, that's basically where you got to start. And he feels that the Democrats will never have a chance to win ever again because you just picked up four... What is that, like 12%? You picked up yeah. a 12% voting rate is for them. So this is one of the reasons why the South does everything they can with poll tax Jim Crow laws. Let's keep these individuals from voting because they're going to vote our, our, our entire organization, the Democratic Party, our caucus... Out of extinction. We'll yep. go the way of the Whigs and the, the Free Soil and the anti-Masonic and yeah, <laughs> whatever right, other party died should. out. They are afraid the Democratic Party will die out because of this.
1: And, and and you see what ensues thereafter. And then of course, uh when he when he gets upset, what was it, eighteen sixty-six, he gets upset at Congress, so he goes and makes his 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 pitch of, of stump speeches rabble rousing against uh the Republican Congress. Yes. I think he calls it the, the the swing around the circle. Yes. And as a result of that, it becomes an embarrassment to him mm-hmm. and the, the the they get a, a two-thirds majority, the Republicans get a two-thirds majority in Congress. So they've got a solid control on him, and now retribution sell insure. Shoe, and sell and shoe, almost
0: impeaching because of it, And two. they
1: do, and they, under, as yes. you said, the Tenure of Office Act. Yes, yes. Which, you know, the Tenure of Office Act basically said that the the, the Senate, because they, on the, um, on the recommendation of the president and the advice and consent of the Senate, appoints these cabinet positions, that the Senate has to approve any removal of officers. Right. And I think it was Secretary of State Stanton. Mm-hmm. Edward that, Stanton. Yeah, that didn't get along. Secretary, with of the, Secretary of War. Secretary of War. Secretary of War Edward Stanton. Who didn't get along with um, uh, with Johnson. So Johnson removes him in violation Mm -hmm. of the Tenure of Office Act. And they say, ah, there's a violation. Mm -hmm. We are going after you. And they give him, you know, 11 uh, counts of impeachment. Mm -hmm. And thus begins the first impeachment in the United States.
0: And they replace uh, Johnson is, 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 is clever. He's not educated at all, but he's clever. He's very keen. Johnson replaces Stanton with Grant. Yes. But Grant is too keen as well. He's too intelligent to realize what's going to happen. So and he then,
1: realizes that it could affect his president. Running. Yes. Yeah.
0: So then the Congress orders him to step down. So what he does is he doesn't want to necessarily give, like, the keys to the office over to his successor. So he goes to the the, to the war office and basically lays him on the desk and just leaves <laughs> without telling Johnson. So Andrew Johnson now feels like he's been stabbed in the back by Grant. Grant didn't even like Johnson. So the whole thing is just this, we talk political drama in today's time. It's There's something amazing. new about that.
1: And not only is there nothing amazing, you know, new about it, but impeachment was being used as a political tool. Of a retribution you know, tool. Of a retribution tool. Yes.
0: Hence, today... Uh, which is totally contrary of yes. uh, you know, the high crimes and, and, and High crimes and misdemeanors. And the only reason why the term high crimes are used, as you know, this time is because there aren't no felonies yet because there aren't no right. federal laws of, like an FBI. Uh, US, there are U.S. Marshals at this time. period. But there's not really the idea of like federal teeth of a law system yet. Right. No so we d- use the term high crimes and misdemeanors because they're controlled by states
1: still. Um, and he goes, through the t- he goes through the impeachment and it it's. It's really close. In fact, Incredible. there's no reason that if all the Republicans vote the way they should, as Republicans should, uh, and wrote the party line, you know, I'm just I say that <laughs> facetiously, then then Johnson should be impeached. That's right, and he isn't by one senator's vote. Senator Edmund G. Ross, one no relation. Vote. No, uh, Senator Ross was uh, <laughs> from Kansas, and 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 I, I did some research on that. And That's what I thought was so fascinating because he believed that what was being done was a travesty and I, th- I think he he even commented uh, he does that,
0: the name proud huh he stands for constitutional
1: law yeah he does he, he really does and, he, and at, at his own detriment I mean he said that in fact in fact um, John F Kennedy put it in his book profiles and courage a chapter on Edmund G. Really? Ross, I didn't yes. realize that and he, I remember reading that when I was a kid and, and, and you know he says when I cast my vote I looked down in my own and when I looked down at my open grave because of what mm. I'd done and he he, he he concluded that the essential greeting of judicial fairness was not shown to mr. Justice Mr. Johnson. Um, it was an ill-disguised Ill and malevolent partisan prosecution championing the separation of powers. The senator defended the dignity of the chief magistrate and the presidency, constitutional rank as a coordinate department of the government. What he said, essentially, mm-hmm. my party d- did not do this correctly, That's and right. it was not a fair trial. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, Ross is is not reelected. His life is put at risk. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing for him to have to in, 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 in endure. But it's it's not unlike today. Mm. You know, here's somebody who absolutely believed in the Constitution, in the rule of law, and was willing to go against his own party and put his own livelihood and life on the law That's on right. the line for what was right to do what was simply right. what was right. And and the, the the irony of this is that ultimately the Supreme Court, several years later, overturns the tenure of office act, which of course supports. Uh, johnson mm-hmm. uh, and 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 that was the basis for the impeachment. Mm-hmm. And you know, Ross saw this. Johnson was was a victim of it, but we ultimately heal over it. yes, and 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 it isn't until nearly over a hundred years later that we see impeachment used. As a political tool. And unfortunately, it will probably be in every presidential term hereafter used as a political tool. Which
0: is just honestly sickening and it takes away from the original framer's intent. The original framer's intent of impeachment was solely to prevent tyranny. Correct here these founding fathers are coming from a system in the 1700s where every old European empire is ruled by a king, by a monarch, by a czar, by whatever term you want to use. And America was supposed to be different. We are a democratic republic, and even more republic-leaning than democratic at that time period. So we're going to stay away from this. So the impeachment process was given to the legislative branch to keep a King George III from rising again. Absolutely. That was the only reason. It was never to be political retribution. It was never to make headlines. It was never to tarnish a presidency. It was solely to prevent a... T- a tyrant from raising to power. Now, for those of our listeners who don't realize this, um, impeachment is, is a two-step process. Correct. And, of course, I mean, you, you, you've you been in the, the, the House. You understand this. The House impeaches, and then the Senate has to convict. Yeah. The Senate has to convict with a supermajority, a two-thirds majority. So we've had three presidents who have been impeached. Trump was impeached twice. He's the only president who's been impeached twice. However, we've never had a president who was convicted by the Senate. That's Correct. never taken place. Johnson is the closest president to every one vote. One vote. One vote, and we would have seen the process not only impeach, but then also convict. Uh, the three presidents who have been impeached, of course, are Johnson, Clinton, and then Trump, Trump. who's been impeached twice. Everyone always thinks Nixon was, but Nixon no, was smart enough to resign. beforehand, <laughs> yeah, because he knew everybody was coming the after him. The handwriting was on the wall. Yeah. So not, only did the How- not only would the House have impeached him, written up the articles of impeachment, but the Senate would have convicted and him. There crimes, and there were crimes. And there were crimes. I mean, Chuck Colson was the fall guy, right? Yeah, you're um, right. And
1: Haldeman and all those Yes. Them. Yes, yes. Uh, but when you look back at Johnson and you think, you know— Here's a guy that that probably created his own mess, who Mm. probably didn't have any close advisors. Um, Again, like I said, probably wasn't prepared for this and really didn't want the authority. And and I wouldn't say abused it. He just probably didn't use it correctly. Agreed. But then uh, after he's out of office, you know, of course, he's not renominated. He continues to try to stay in politics. Which goes
0: disastrously. It does.
1: I mean. it, it, it does. I mean, here's a guy who, you know, then runs for Congress and loses, and he then runs for the U.S. Senate, well, he runs for the U.S. Senate and loses, and Congressman loses, and then finally gets elected to the U.S. Senate, and then a few months later dies. And, 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 you know, you just look back at the poor guy. His wife
0: had tuberculosis mm-hmm. and, and could not be a first lady. What, what do they call it? Um, Slow-moving consumption yeah, or yeah. something. Basically, it was like a, almost like a COPD where it just like slowly kind of zapped the strength yes. out of you. She only comes in public for two events. It, uh, one was the uh, the coronation of some queen from one of the South Pacific islands came to the White House and one for Andrew Johnson's public birthday. And out of his entire tenure, there's only two public events she ever comes to. That's amazing. She's basically secluded besides that. Wow. And you just wonder if he was, you know... I don't know what his religious ties were. I think he was attended Methodist uh, church. He was all over the place, religiously. Yeah. So, I don't know, honestly. I think he's one of the few presidents who never officially joined a denomination. So, I, I've read a lot on this about his faith. And there's just, there's not a lot there. Uh, he said that he, he his, his wife is devoutly Methodist. That's why she he would attend Methodist. Um, he liked the Baptist polity because the Baptists have something called the local autonomy of the church. It means that each church gets to make up their own mind. They're not over, they're I not see. under anyone. So, he loved that. But at this time period, 1800s, you typically would buy or like lease a pew if in Protestant churches. Like, that's just the reason why I DC did this for years. Yeah. That you would buy your pew, you'd lease your pew. Yeah. He hated that. The Catholic churches did not allow that under the papal creeds. First come, first serve. If you were poor, you could still sit on the front row. So, actually, Johnson loves the, the democratic spirit of the Catholic church. Of the Catholic church. <laughs> and of course, it's very anti Catholic at this time period. Like, people oh, hate yes. Catholicism. I mean, uh, of course, Kennedy will be the first Catholic president almost 100 years later. Yep. But you actually have um, Johnson. Johnson takes up for Catholic uh, candidates quite a bit, which maybe that's another nail in his coffin. Maybe yeah, yeah. The reason why he's hated. So, But religiously, he's just kind of all over the place. He he likes the Catholics. He likes the Baptists. He goes Methodist. We don't really know what his personal relationship was, I guess, with Jesus, so to say. There's not a whole lot said about that or about that. No, there isn't. That.
1: There isn't at all. And um, uh, I, I just find him to be a... Um, a person who, who wasn't sure why he was there again. That's good. I, I find him like just, a purpose. Maybe yes. You know, and, and struggling with that mm. uh, all throughout the rest of his life. I, I think you started defending his legacy.
0: You started on his daughter. His daughter takes over the role of, yes, of the first, first, first lady. lady. One of her most famous quotes. I, I came across this years ago in a biography and I wrote it down. I've, I've had it anytime I teach on the press. I, I thought this was very, this kind of sums up the Johnsons. We are plain people from the mountains of Tennessee Called here for a short time by national calamity. Mm. plain mm. people from the mountains of Tennessee. And, and that really summarizes the life of Andrew Johnson. He was he's not a scholar. No. He's not a, a, a military tactician. He's not an athlete. He's not, he's not really much of anything. He's just this average guy who liked to sew.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did like to sew. And who, he was a guy's guy. He was a commoner. In fact, he was proud of being a commoner. The reason he supported uh, staying, uh, you know, the reason he was he supported the Union and against the secession is that it wasn't about slavery. It was about those rich elitists Mm. that, that were in the South. And, and he wasn't amongst them. Drain
0: the swamp? Yeah, drain the swamp <laughs> Drain, of thing, yeah. drain the swamp. And as it's, it's a populist, you know. Uh, it is a populist ideal, which is interesting how um, populist candidates historically at the beginning were Republican. Well, we'll take that back. Populist candidates at the very beginning were Democrat with Jackson. They kind of transitioned to be Republican. They kind of transitioned back to be Democrat. And I think we're almost seeing the surge of the populist candidate going back to the Republican party maybe oh, to an extent. Oh, yes. So it's funny how the idea of the populist candidate of representing the backwoods everyday man, it's swung to different parties through Throughout American history, yes, and I feel like we're kind of seeing it swing back to the Republican Party, maybe in, in, in a really large way oh, in today's so. time. I think
1: And I think as a result of the 2016 election, like, I think that's where you brought mm-hmm. that back—the the, the populism to the Republican Party that they haven't seen in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I think it persists again today.
0: Uh, does it make good politics? Well, you know, <laughs> we shall see. Uh, agreed. So you talked a lot about him in the Civil War. Who's a military governor? One of his famous quotes when he was the military governor was, "I am no military man." But any man who retreats, I will personally shoot. Yeah. Now here's where it gets really dark, though. And I, I know you're probably familiar with this. In, in his time as the uh, military governor of Tennessee, when Lincoln is still president, so we're backing up here. Um, Johnson, as you said, is pro-slavery, although he's pro-union, so he's yeah. weird. That's the weird, thing. dude. Yeah, that's why you can't reconcile this. No, he he is a uh, what was it that they can talk to Russian? They, they're a, uh, a riddle wrapped in an enigma. That's yeah. That's Johnson, right? Um, Johnson actually will keep Lincoln from giving the power of the Emancipation Proclamation over Tennessee. Tennessee is exempt from the Emancipation Proclamation. Yes. And it's one of the few states it is because it was a southern state, it did succeed, but it was recaptured so soon, and now it's under union control that actually Johnson talks Lincoln into not allowing the Emancipation Proclamation to cover sure. Tennessee, and then many slaves in Tennessee are, are the government pays their owners to use them to do union work. Isn't that amazing? Which you talk about sick, here you say you're fighting yeah, did, for the yeah, There for is freed no, man, yes. There's right? no principle. No, you're fighting to free individuals, and then you're using slaves to push forward your cause to free the individuals that you have enslaved to push your cause. Yeah. It, it is complete corruption all the way around. Absolutely. And you, and you see Johnson already that, that he can't reconcile his, his principles, right, which is what you have talked about. Right. So pro-union, pro-slavery, and they don't fit at all. No. They didn't fit in his presidency. They didn't fit in his governorship either. But, but it accomplished
1: his, 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 you know—
0: purpose of the day you know I often wonder to look at Johnson was he just a survivalist was he just that poor kid still who's just did he pick the union side just because he thought they were going to win
1: yeah probably so you know, and but then again, he's he's against he's 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 against 14th mm-hmm. he's against the Fourteenth Amendment. He's against the Fifteenth Amendment, which gives suffrage mm-hmm. to everybody. Yes, you imagine know, that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, except for women, of course. You know. I mean, <laughs> that that'll will happen until nineteen twenty, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we'll get to that. Uh, but but you just can't reconcile this stuff. I mean, how can you be all the way
0: over here one time and all the way over here mm-hmm. the other time, and the two just conflict each other? Yes. And you kind of take off everybody in the process. Yes. By the end, the Democrats don't like him. The Republicans don't like. Him. Like nobody likes him by the no. end. That's the problem when you At ride best. the
1: fence. Absolutely. You can't make everybody happy. No. You got to pick one side and stay with it. Yes. Ride that horse.
0: <laughs> stay with the girl you went to dance with. Exactly. And um, Johnson didn't know how to do that. No. Now, the one shining, can we use the term shining on anything Johnson did was he buys Alaska. Yeah, yeah that's under sure. his presidency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. which is interesting. So it's 1867. Uh, he buys it from Russia. Russia, of course, had been tied up in the Crimean War. They've lost a ridiculous amount of money. So Russia sends surveyors to, to check out Alaska, and they come up with a price of 10 million is what the Russians say it's worth, which is just, I mean, what is that? A beach house in Florida yeah, yeah, now, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but they want to sell the whole. Now America, because we're horse traders by nature, we talk them down to 7.2 million. And we buy Alaska for we what, what, what even like less than two cents an acre. I don't know what that even breaks Gosh. down to. But I mean, can you can you imagine? But no. Seven point two million dollars. We buy all of Alaska. Now, um, there was a lot of talk of Britain buying Alaska, because Britain already owns Canada at this time right. period. But Russia it, doesn't like Britain at all. And surprise enough, Russia was good allies with us at this time period. Which can you imagine? Russia wanted to be allies with us, mm. but that's <laughs> not today's world. No no, 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 not at all. So they sell us Alaska for for seven point two million. Now. They call this Seward's Folly. Yeah. They call it Johnson's Icebox. Yep, yep. And then Gold's discovered. Yep. And then later, oil's Up discovered. Up Yukon, yes.
1: And, and all of a sudden, you know, it's
0: I the 59th <laughs> state. Yeah, yeah. It was a brilliant idea, right? And I thought a lot about this, and I thought about— 49th state. 49th I mean. state. Yep, and then I'm I thought sorry. a lot about um, Trump's desire to buy Greenland. Yes. When he was in office, and, and no matter what you think about Trump, I mean, he is a unique individual— that was actually a really smart move. It, had he been able to purchase Greenland, the resources and the shipping lanes and the strategic layout was actually quite brilliant. he was mocked for this. And it just, I see the parallels of when Johnson bought Alaska, he was mocked for it. Then later the wisdom came out. Trump wants to buy Greenland and he's yeah. mocked for this. But I think, you know, had he bought it, had he been able to pull that off with Denmark, which Denmark didn't want to sell it, had he been able to pull that off, you know, 50, 60 years from now, I'd be like, hey, we own the largest island. Yes. In, North America, in the Western Hemisphere, yes. right? And, of course, at the same time period, China wanted to buy it, which would have been a direct violation of the Monroe Doctrine because You're they right. would have purchased land in the Western Hemisphere, right. which technically, if you want to get really geographical here, it is an island off of North America, although it's so large you could really almost consider it a continent. It is an island off of North America. So China would have been able to purchase an island sitting off of the coast of North America. Can you imagine? That would have
1: been fascinating.
0: Yeah, just the geopolitical ramifications of all this playing out. So and there
1: was a time, you know 100 years ago, 100, some years ago, 150 years ago, we were buying. we were buying from countries. Yes. we were buying
0: land from countries. So if, if you were the, if, here, here's a hypothetical question from your time in, in Congress. If you were the executive branch, if you were president, you had cash, countries were selling. what would be your ideal location to buy? Just globally, what would what would mm-hmm. you think would help American us mm-hmm. I would want to buy mm-hmm. that location.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good question. That's a very very good question. That's hard to say because we need to have something in the South China Sea. I agree with you there. Uh, you know, and 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 whether you know that be uh, Taiwan or, or I I don't know, but we definitely
0: need something in the South China Sea. Um, and then I think Greenland, yeah. I think Greenland was actually really smart. I'm, I am agree. I'm, I'm not gonna, that was a really strategic location for shipping lanes in the North Atlantic, especially as most geopolitical scientists believe that the Arctic region is going to be the real contestant for war in future generations. Russia's laying claim to it. China's laying – I don't know wow. how China laying claim to Antarctica. You're nowhere near it. We lay claim to it. Um, Canada lays claim to it. Like we're all laying claim to that region. That could be the – pardon the pun, the hotbed in the (laughs) Antarctic of future wars. So had we owned Greenland, that would have made things really, really Strategically, it would have been great. Yes, it would have been. So Johnson, again, probably the only thing we can really say that he did well was the purchase of Alaska, right? I agree. He he expands that. But his entire presidency is forever stained because of the impeachment. And, and also, because our, our our listeners probably don't really understand, there's also something called presidential censor. Yeah. And this is used frequently. Um, was it used when you were in? No. Okay. I wasn't sure, because I know it's been used a lot, because even Lincoln attempted, gets censored. Attempted, but never. never would that yeah. be under uh, George W. Bush? Uh, no, this would have been under Obama. Under Obama it was yeah. attempted. Okay. Um, do you remember what it was? For I do P- not. I don't
1: know if you could speak about it. I anyway. don't know if it was with regard to Syria and the red line when uh, they, when, when, um, Bashir al-Assad Bashir al- used chemical weapons, and, and we said that's a red line and did nothing about it. I know that there was a censure movement on that. I, you know, we couldn't have done it because we didn't have control of the, mm. the, the legislature. I
0: understand. So censors at this time period mean really nothing. And, right. and here's what I always tell my class. If we keep treating impeachment, we impeach every president. Before long, impeachment will mean nothing. I think we're getting to that point. Before long, the impeachment is going to be the same thing as censorship. Now, here's, what's, here's what I find really, really interesting. In an attempt to use impeachment more, you're going to degrade its power. And before long, the very thing you you fear is you'll eventually maybe possibly have a tyrant because there's no true impeachment. Like right. the, the entire process of impeachment was to keep tyrant, like tyrants right. from coming to power. And, you, and, and you've demeaned it so much and you've diluted it
1: so much and you utilized it so much as a weapon that somebody could actually be guilty of it and nobody would pay attention because Absolutely. we do it in every situation.
0: It's kind of like voter fraud. If there ever is voter fraud one day, no one's going to believe it because we have touted that on every election cycle for so long that if someone actually does commit voter fraud, we'll be like, hey, there's voter fraud. And we'll be like, yeah, we've heard that before. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's kind of the whole mentality, it's it's desensification, right? It's the whole mentality that if every day is Christmas, no day is Christmas. And and if we keep impeaching every president, it's not going to matter. So the the very process of the founding intent was to have impeachment keep a tyrant from coming to power. And now, if a tyrant does come to power, we've lost the teeth of impeachment.
1: Absolutely. I hope we don't get there.
0: I agree with you on that. So as we look at this this, this, this muddled life and muddled. of Andrew Johnson, I don't really know how to conclude this on a bright note other than he purchased Alaska.
1: And we have a good president that follows.
0: We have a really good president that follows. Yeah. So next week you talk about Ulysses S. Grant, powerful man, small yeah. man, man of conviction. Oh, and perseverance. Oh, my Lord. Uh, I, I always tell my students this, and, and I truly believe this. Everything, unless you're savant, everything you start at first, you're going to suck up at first, right? <laughs> you're going to be horrible at it first. Like You have to give yourself permission to fail. Yes. Everything I, I look back in my life and everything that I've Absolutely. been successful with at this, at this state of my life, I was horrible at at first. Yes. Most people, what I think defines great men versus just average men or mediocre men is that most great people just didn't quit. Exactly. That's literally all it is. They just—they kept sucking, being made fun of, whatever it was. They just kept being bad at something long enough until they were mediocre at it, and they kept going, maybe they were good at it, and maybe one day they could become great at it. And become the expert of it, yeah. Exactly. And respected for it. Exactly. Um, Johnson just just didn't really have that. So next week, Ulysses S. Grant. Look forward to it. Me too. Thank you very much. Thank you.